You are listening to the audio from Grace Bible Church. This audio message is a recording from our Sunday morning worship service. We hope you enjoy. So if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses uh, 15 through 23 is where we're going to be spending our time this morning. Um, And if you don't have a copy of God's Word with you, I'd encourage you to grab that Black Pew Bible uh, right, right in front of you and turn to page 812. You'll be able to follow along as we work through uh, this portion of Scripture today. Um, this probably is not what you expected, um, the first real Sunday in December, um, because today we're going to be talking about false teachers. So Merry Christmas, everyone. This is going to be awesome. Um, we're, we're, we're just finishing up our sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount, and we have a few weeks left, and this is how this is uh, the word that that God ordained for our church family to hear today. And it's one that um, I believe is going to be really beneficial um, to, to you folks as we just think through what, what it looks like to protect ourselves and our church body here against people that would, that would want you to drift away and be led astray to what Jesus is really, really wants us to do. So this past fall, our three oldest kids joined a town soccer league, which, which was awesome. Like, I love being able to watch Jackson and Madison McKenna uh, play soccer. Mel and I are good at, we're just typical, I promised myself I wouldn't become a soccer parent, but I did. Like, I'm one of those guys that were yelling on the sidelines and this or that. But um, Jackson's first game of the season, um, Jackson played against um, a team who had a Jackson on, on the the other team as well. And so during the game, he had his coach, the other coach, Mel and I, the other kids' parents, all yelling Jackson at the same time. Like, Jackson, go that way. Get the ball. Jackson, stay back. Jackson, run, pass, whatever. And the poor kid, he's just looking around like, who do I listen to? Um, and it's crazy. Like, the, the two coaches, their voices so- sounded alike, so that didn't help either. Um, so Jackson didn't know if he was playing offense or defense, if he was doing well or doing poorly. He had no idea. And so it left Jackson confused and frustrated, um, and just he played the whole game not knowing which way he was supposed to go. The coach, the, his coach is awesome, was great. And the coach had a really good game plan set up, but Jackson just didn't know who to listen to. Well, church, as we have journeyed through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has given us a clear game plan for us to follow. Listen, he's shown us a path where we see ourselves welcomed by God, not because of what we do, but because of God's love and grace. We've learned that we can overcome our selfishness and sinfulness in so many areas of our lives, not by trying harder, but by relying on Christ's strength to actually fulfill what he has called us to do. We've learned that we can serve others and meet needs without worrying about our own because God has promised to give us all that we need. But church, as this sermon comes to a close, Jesus gives us one final warning. And in Matthew 7, 15 through 23, Jesus warns us about being led astray by false prophets who want to convince us that we can find life and satisfaction apart from the clear path God has given to us. And the one thing that Jesus wants us to take away from this portion today simply is this, is that the people we follow determine the path we take. The people we follow, the people that we listen to will determine the path and direction of our lives. And so with that 
being said, Jesus wants to lay out some ways that we can protect ourselves from being led astray by false teachers and false prophets. He's going to instruct us today not to be fooled by false teachers, that we need to examine their fruit, and that we need to understand their fate. So I'm just going to read the the portion in its entirety, and then we're going to break down and see um, how this passage really impacts our lives. And so I'm going to read Matthew 7, beginning at verse 15. Why don't you follow along in, in, in your copy of God's Word? So Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. So are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. And a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. See, and on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. God, as we just enter into a time of studying and reflecting upon your word, God, I pray, Lord, that you would allow me, Father, just to simply get out of the way, to communicate it clearly. But God, Lord, that they would see your son Jesus today high and lifted up. God, and I pray, Lord, that as a church, that we would be dedicated to the good news of the gospel, that we would know it, God, that we would study it, Father, that we would live it out. So that, God, when false prophets come and false teachers come, whether it's within our church body here, whether it's what we see online, whether it's something that we read or listen to, Father, that we would be able to stand firm in what your word says, God. God, I pray, Lord, your hand of protection, God, over this church. And as we, as we dig into your word now, God, may our eyes clearly see what you want to have for us today. And I pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus, today. Amen. All right, church, let's kind of dig into what Jesus is warning us here. And the first thing that Jesus does in verse 15, he says, listen, don't be fooled by false prophets. Don't be fooled by them. Because he says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. See, guys, Jesus calls us to be on guard, to watch out, to be cautious of what's going on around us. See, false prophets are people who claim to speak for God, who claim to have a message from God, who claim to know the word of God. But all they want to do is lead you astray from the truth of God. See, false prophets were a problem throughout the Old Testament and are mentioned in almost every New Testament book. So this isn't something new. This has been going on in the church since the beginning. And this has been a problem for God's people um, you see it all the way back in, 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 um, from the very beginning. False prophets have always been there. Let me, let me just read you a couple, uh, a couple of scriptures that are going to be up, up on the screen. Romans 16, verses 17 through 18 says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Simply avoid them. 
For such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. The Apostle Paul is writing here, he's like, listen, there will be people that come in who will try to teach you differently than what God's word says. And they may look nice, they may speak well, but they're here to try to draw away those people that are gullible enough to believe them. And also in Acts chapter 20, verses 29 through 30, Paul says, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Church, what, what is the main cause? Well, what is the intent of these false prophets? The end of that verse, to draw away the disciples. Church, this is what false teachers do. This is why they're here. And Jesus reminds us and wants us to remember two very important things. The first one simply is, listen, not everyone is who they appear to be. Not everyone is who they appear to be. See, Jesus calls us to recognize that not everyone who claims to speak for God does. That not every message is true. And not everyone has your best interests in mind. And so often these people will come in looking like sheep. They'll come into the church looking like one of us. Talking like one of us. They'll come in looking and acting like they belong here. But Jesus says, listen, they're not here for your benefits. They're not here. They do not have your best interest in mind. And you're probably thinking, listen, we're supposed to be Christians. We're supposed to be welcoming and, and inviting. We're supposed to want people here. But Paul says, listen, on top of being welcoming and inviting, which we should be, we should also be discerning. Listen, would, would, you, would you folks like let anyone inside your house? No. But so often when it comes to the church, People think that we should just have our arms wide open for everyone that comes in. And we'll, we'll see in a little bit how we can then recognize who false teachers are and who, they not, and who they aren't, what people are good and what people may have bad intentions. But you've got to understand, there are bad people out there. You guys got that? You guys understand? Is everyone good? Does everyone have your best interests in mind? No, they don't. And Jesus is saying, listen, be welcoming, be loving. But be discerning. Recognize that not everyone is who they appear to be. And these people may come in looking nice. They're cheerful and winsome. They're good communicators. But these people will lead you astray and take advantage of you. Like a wolf dressed up in sheep's clothing coming in to a flock of sheep. Jesus wants us to also remember one other thing. And that is that everyone is preaching a gospel. And that gospel has consequences. When I say the word gospel, it literally just means a message, something to be proclaimed. And we need to understand that everyone is telling us something. Everyone. Every person is preaching a message that will either bring us closer to Christ or draw us farther away from Christ. Everyone. And see, this doesn't just go for the religious leaders of our day. This goes for everything. Everything, every video you watch on YouTube, every post 
that you read on Facebook, everything you see on the news, every, all of that, they're all preaching a message to us. And this goes for the music that we listen to, the news that we watch, the books that we read, and the movements that we support. And everything that we allow into our hearts and into our minds will influence the way that our life goes. Every single bit of it. So the first thing that we need to do to protect ourselves simply is that we need to understand that the danger exists. Be welcoming, be loving, but don't be gullible. Recognize that there are people out there that want to lead you away from Christ. And the second thing, second way that we can protect ourselves is, is to discern who these false teachers are. And for some of you, you, you've been waiting for this part in the service. Because you're waiting for me to name names. And you're waiting for me to say, don't, like, don't listen to that guy. I'm not going to do that today, though. I'm not. But I will hopefully, in this section of the sermon, give you a framework. Some questions that you can ask to discern for yourself whom, who false prophets are. See, because in verses 16 through 20, Jesus calls us, the way that you can recognize false teachers, that you examine their fruits. Read with me again in verse 16. It says, you will recognize them by their fruits. So are grapes gathered by thorn bushes or, or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruits, but the diseased tree bears bad ones. A healthy tree cannot bear, good, cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. And every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by your fruits. See, what Jesus does here is that you'll see in verse 16, he says, you'll recognize them by their fruits. In verse 20, he says again, you'll recognize them by their fruits. And in the verses in between, he tells us what we need to be looking for when, when it comes to false teachers. And Jesus is saying here that fruit resembles the tree that it comes from. So today, we're, we're going to do a little practice. You and I are going to become fruit, fruit inspectors for the next two minutes. I want to see. This can be done. All right? We're gonna, and I'm going to show, show you some fruit, and we're going to see where exactly it comes from. All right? So the first one, slide up. Where does that come from? A banana tree. Good. You guys got this. Next one. What do we got here? Apples. Apples come from where? Apple trees. Good. Next one. Lemon. Who said limes? Aren't limes green? We may, I may need to spend a little bit more time here than I thought. Lemons come from where? Oh, there is a green one. Oh, my word. My whole, my whole uh, illustration is blown. I don't know what to do now. All right, let's, let's wrap it up. There is a green one there. All right. But the, the yellow ones, lemons, they come from where? Lemon trees. I'm not sure what happened to that green one on the bottom. We, we, we'll forget that happened. See, guys, when, it, when we're looking at things like fruit, and like I, I was going to have like some weird tropical fruit that no one has ever heard of, but I figured it would be nice today. But when it comes to fruit, we can say, okay, that's a lemon. That comes from a lemon tree. That's a banana. That comes from a banana tree. And what Jesus is teaching us in this little picture here, Jesus is saying, one, you guys can do this. You, you, we're able to inspect fruits. 
And the point that he's getting at here in verses 16 through 20 is that fruit resembles the tree that it comes from. Is that you can know a person by the things that they produce. See, a lot of times when it comes to when it comes to investigating or examining false prophets, the one argument is, well, you don't know their hearts. And you know what? I can't look at a person and say I know everything about them. But over time, as, as they live their lives, as we look at how they live, as we listen to what they say or teach, I can begin, and you and I can begin to get a pretty good idea of what's going on inside of them. So Jesus is saying, listen, it may take time. It may take some patience. Because you plant a tree and it doesn't, it doesn't bear fruit right away. It takes time for that to happen. But as that's happening, and when the fruit comes to bear, we can, we can know pretty, pretty quickly what kind of tree that is. And Jesus says, a good tree is going to produce good fruits. A diseased tree, a false teacher who does not know the Lord and wants to bring people away from the truth and the good news of the gospel, over time, they are going to produce bad fruit. And when it comes to false teachers and false prophets, and the, really the fruit that you and I all bear, it's, it's the essence of who we are. It's the essence of our lives. It's, what, it's, it's who that person is. It's how they live their lives. It's what they teach. The fruit of any communicator has to do with their ministry, what they do and how it impacts the people that follow them. So church, I want to just ask the question, what should we examine? What fruits should we examine? What, what questions should we be asking? And if you have a piece of paper there or, or you're taking notes, I would encourage you to, to write these next things down because this will help you, again, build a framework to what actually, what actually we should be looking for when it comes to false teachers. So the first thing that we should examine, we should examine how they live, their conduct. We need to be asking questions like, is the fruit of the Spirit evidence in their lives? Is the fruit, excuse me, of the Spirit evident in their lives? Do they lead with humility, love, and integrity? Are they, are they living like Christ? Doesn't matter, at this point, it doesn't matter what they're talking about. How do, how, do you, how do they live their lives? And listen, for some people out there, especially a lot of people on YouTube and Facebook and social media, you may never know how they live. And for those people like that, while, while I love technology, while, while we love the fact that we're able to reach out to people that, that, that might never come to our church, just through live streaming our services and the video stuff that we do today, but you got to understand, that was never God's design. God never designed for you to stay at home and go to church and watch TV and, and attend services like that. God always designed church to be a local body of believers, where, where the people of the church know their elders, know their leaders, can, can look at their lives, that they know them by name. And granted, a church our size, it's beginning, it, it's, it is hard at times to know everyone's name here, but we want to be available. 
we want to be able to, to do life with you. Church and leading a church isn't just something that happens on Sunday. It happens during the week. So we'll have, we'll have you over our homes. We'll do things with you outside of Sundays so that we're actually doing life together. And that's how you know, Damon, how, how your leaders live. You want to ask questions like, are there any scandals attached to their ministry? Are there any scandals that, that, that have come up, whether it's abuse of power, whether it's financial related, whether it's um, sexual in nature, whatever like that, are there any scandals attached to their ministry? And I understand that we need to do our due diligence of waiting for things to happen, making sure things are true. But listen, if there are scandals attached to someone's ministry, that, that should be a big red flag, that this should be something I am not following. You want to ask the question, how do they respond when confronted by sin? How do they respond when someone else sees a blind spot or sin in their life and see how they respond to that? Are they responding humbly? Are they, are they grateful that someone had the courage to come in and confront them about their sin? Are they repentant and sensitive to God's word when that confrontation is brought? Church, there are false prophets and false teachers out there that may proclaim the name of Jesus. And they may proclaim that, that the authority of Scripture, but the moment that that Scripture is used to confront sin within their own lives, they respond terribly. If they respond that way, that's a good indication that maybe they shouldn't be someone that, that you're following. Again, you ask the question, do they take advantage of other people? Do they take advantage of others? Do they use their communication skills or their, or their attempts of guilting people into giving financially to their ministry or of, of leading them astray emotionally? And lastly, do they, make more of, do they make more of themselves than they do of Jesus? Do they make more of themselves than they do of Jesus? Church, there are false teachers out there that they, all they want is to make a name and a brand for themselves. And you may think, well, that person is, you know, looks really nice and talks the way that we, we think a believer should. But listen, they're just in it to make a name for themselves. They're in it to make money. They're in it to, they're, they're in it to, to increase their brand. And church, I pray myself and Mike and Dan and the other elders here that we pray every single week that, that you come walking away from a service here not thinking, wow, that pastor did a really great job today, but thinking how awesome of a Savior do we have. That it doesn't matter if it's Mike or Dan or myself or, or a guest speaker up here. Listen, our desire is that you fall in love with Jesus here, not fall in love with any one of us. In the moments where we begin veering off into making a name for ourselves is a moment that, that, that we're in trouble. So you ask. You ask those questions about how do they live. The second thing we need to examine is what do they teach? What's the content of their message? And so a lot of times with false teachers, it isn't what they say per se. It's, it, it's what they leave out. 
A lot of people can say a lot of really good things that come from the Bible, but what are they leaving out? Especially, you've got to ask the question, do, do they leave out important aspects of the gospel? In their gospel pre- presentation, in their message of hope, what exactly are they, are they giving? What, what exactly are they communicating? And you've got to ask, are, are they communicating that Jesus is the only way to God? Because that, that is what the Bible says. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. The Bible declares that Jesus is the only way to heaven, the only way to have a relationship with God. Are they leaving out the literal death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? Some people may say Jesus is the only way, but they don't talk about the the fact that Jesus had to die on the cross for our sins and rose three days later. If you find someone missing out on those core aspects of the gospel, those people are false teachers. you got to ask the question, do they preach about sin and our need for a savior? How many of you guys like coming to church and being confronted by sin week in and week out? No one. No one. But is that what the Bible says? Yes. At church, many people have made a living off of making people feel really great about themselves. But they ignore the fact that the Bible talks plenty about sin and our need for a savior. You guys, my job here and Mike's job and Dan's job isn't to make you feel great. It's about making Jesus look great and understanding the sacrifice that was paid on your behalf, on my behalf, so that our sins were forgiven. And if a communicator never talks about sin, never talks about our need for a Savior, I would stay far away from their teaching. you got to ask the question, Does her teaching align with what Scripture says? Does it agree with all of Scripture? And granted, listen, Mike, Dan, and I, our elders, we've gotten things wrong. We have. Not on major things, but we'll forget a detail here or there. And typically when that happens, we'll come and and try to write, write that ship. But overall, in the long term of our ministry, our desire here is to preach what, the, what God's word says and work through it book by book and to preach to you um, what God intended you to, to, to learn and to have for that week. But you've got to ask the question, does their teaching align with Scripture? Not only that, but do, does, the false, the, does that communicator encourage you to read Scripture and study Scripture on your own? There have been, been, been false teachers who... Say you cannot trust what the you cannot trust what you understand the Bible to be saying. You need to come to me. You ever ha- come across a person like that? You run far, far away. Because listen, the Bible was created for God's people, for you and for me. The Bible was created, and God tr- has translated it into so many different languages so that you and I can spend time reading God's word for ourselves. And if there's ever someone that says you can't trust, what, what your, your reading of Scripture, there's a problem there. 
And I understand we use commentaries and study Bibles and all of those things, and there is, there is benefits to reading it together and discussing Scripture. But if one guy ever says, you can't trust your own intuition on what Scripture says, there's a problem. And lastly, do they encourage me to continue in holiness? Do they encourage me to live a life that would make God smile? Do they encourage me to obey what the Word of God says? Church, there are many communicators out there that say, once you're saved, you can do whatever you want, or it doesn't matter how you live. That goes against what Scripture says. Scripture actually says, says, says the opposite. Yes, we are saved by faith. We are saved, but we are also saved for good works. We're saved to continue to look more and more like Jesus. And so if someone ever says to you that, listen, it's okay to live a certain way, contrary to what the Bible says, that person is a false teacher. That person is a false prophet leading you away from, from God's plan and path for your life. And the best way that we can protect against these kind of communicators simply is this, is that the more that we pursue Christ, the better prepared we'll be. The more that you and I spend time pursuing Jesus Christ on our own, the better prepared we'll be when false teachers do come, when false teachers do enter into our church. When, when you do come across that YouTube channel or that Facebook post, you'll be able to understand what they're doing and be able to examine their fruits there. I was thinking about this, the best bankers, the best way that bankers are trained to catch counterfeits isn't to study counterfeits. It's actually to handle the real thing. And the more that they handle real cash money, real dollar bills, the more that they, the more that they, they see what the real thing looks like, when a counterfeit comes, they'll be able to catch it just like that. And what Jesus is encouraging us to do here is that the more that we spend time with Jesus, the more that we spend time in God's word, the more that, the better you will, you will be prepared to, to engage and be able to recognize false teachers. When we do that, we won't be fooled by the false gospels. Thing, false gospels that say that the best thing for you is to reach your full potential here. The false gospel that says you won't, be, you won't be deceived to think that your best life is now, not in eternity. You won't be fooled to think that God promises health, wealth, and prosperity now. You won't be fooled to believe the false gospel that hell isn't real and that sin didn't have to be paid for. When you study God's word, you will understand that your political party of choice can never bring real, lasting change. How, how, how many of us have believed that over, over the last three or four years? See, the best defense against false teachers is to know what God's word says and to actively spend time with it each and every day. That's how we can begin examining the fruits of other, of other communicators, of other false prophets. So Jesus says that, listen, that you need to, don't be, you, you, not, you need not to be fooled that there are people out there that actually want to do you harm, that we need to examine the fruit of false teachers. But the last thing we need to do is that we need to understand their fate. 
Matthew 7, 21 through 23. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. For on that day many will say to me, Lord, did not, did not we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will, I will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So the last thing Jesus wants us to understand is that, listen, not everyone who claims the name of Jesus is going to end up in heaven. See, not everyone who calls Jesus Lord, not everyone who does good works in his name, not everyone who, who claims to be a follower of Jesus will, is actually part of God's family. There are plenty of imposters out there. See, church, I believe that when we get to heaven, you and I are going to be surprised. We're going to be surprised that there were people who we thought should be there who are not there. And then we're also going to be surprised that there are people that we had no idea would ever become a follower of Jesus. Those people are going to be there too. See, the, the, the determining factor of whether or not someone enters into the kingdom of God has always been whether or not that person has a relationship with Jesus Christ. Based not upon what they do, not how many good works that they do, but based upon what they believed about Jesus, the faith that they had. And it just goes to remind us that the, our most important decision is what we believe about Jesus. Our, the most important choice you and I could ever make is what we believe about Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says over and over and over again that whoever believes in Jesus will be saved. The, book of, the Gospel of John, nine, over 95 times, says that whoever believes in Jesus has eternal life. And just because someone may look really good or have a good, seem to have a good teaching platform and has millions of followers and is doing great things in Jesus' name doesn't mean that they have a relationship with Jesus. And yes, granted, this isn't something that we can tell. That we can, I can't look at someone and, and say, that person's a believer. I can, I can maybe give a good guess based upon their fruit, but that decision is between that, and that individual and God himself. But church, it's just a reminder for you and I today that the best, the most important choice that you and I can make is whether or not we've accepted the good news of Jesus Christ and placed our faith and trust fully in that. The good news that simply is that, that you and I are sinners, and that, we cannot, that we cannot earn our way to heaven on our own, and that because of that sin, our relationship with God has been severed and broken. And there's nothing that we can do to fix that. It doesn't matter how many good works you do. It doesn't matter what church you may belong to. It doesn't matter what you may or may not do in Jesus' name. The only thing that's going to fix that is by placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And believing that, that, that God loved you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, who lived a perfect, holy life uh, to fulfill the law of God and to be an example for us, who died on the cross in our place for our sins, taking the entire wrath of God upon himself, and three days later rose from the grave. And church, the good news of the gospel, Jesus offers that anyone who believes in me will have eternal life. And so if you're here today and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, 
I want you to understand that Jesus says, based upon these verses, that your fate right now, without faith in Jesus, is that one day when you stand before him, he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus, you do not have a relationship with him today. It doesn't matter if this is your first time here at church or you've been coming for a while, but without placing your faith in Jesus, you do not have a relationship with God. And man, it's our prayer, it's our desire that as people come in each and every week, that we're here, we operate to give God glory but we, uh, we, we gather each and every week also to reach out and, and, and proclaim the good news of hope for those who don't know Jesus yet. And if that is you here today, know that that offer for salvation is open. That that offer of salvation is, is, is here for you today. And you can, you, you can make the choice in, in your seats sometime today after the service. You can know for sure today that you have eternal life. And if, if that's you, I'd like to, I'd like to encourage you um, dur- during the last song, which we're going to sing in just a few moments, that you would come forward and, 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 and have a conversation with myself or one, one of the other pastors or elders. We'd love to sit down with you and explain the good news of the gospel. We have some, we have some material here, some, a few books. We'd love to get into your hands that explain what exactly the gospel is. But know that, listen, that is the most important decision you can ever make is about what you believe in Jesus. So church, we've covered a lot of ground and talked a lot of, a lot of stuff today, but I want to bring you back to, to this one point. It simply is this, the people that we follow determine the path that we take. And all, guys, all of us have influences. All of us have voices that we've allowed into our lives. Whether it's in podcasts, books you read, music you listen to, the news channel that you watch, everyone is preaching a message. And, that, and every single message has consequences. So let, let me just encourage you with, the, with these three things. That one is that time spent in God's word is never wasted. Time spent in God's word, studying it for yourself, reading it for yourself, pray, praying through what, what it means. Time spent in God's word is never wasted. So I, I would encourage you to take that time. And I don't care if it's, I don't care if it's 15 minutes a day. It's time spent in God's word. God's going to do something there. God is going to begin to continue to work in your heart to prepare you for when those false teachers come. This time spent in God's book is never, never wasted. Secondly, I would like to encourage you to take full advantage of the the local church. God has sovereignly placed pastors and elders and and small group leaders and, and friends here to encourage you in your walk with Christ. And if you just come in on a Sunday, you do your thing and leave, and you don't really have any deep roots or connections here, I I would encourage you to to take that next step in getting plugged in here. You understand that, that God has placed people within this body to protect you from false teachers, but you've got to take advantage of that. If If there's questions that you have, there's something that, that you would like, like to, to discuss, feel free to reach out to us. Shoot, shoot us an email, a text, something on Facebook. We'd love to have those conversations with you. But take advantage of the leadership that God has sovereignly placed here. And the last thing I'd encourage you to do is simply think often of the goodness of the gospel. 
Church, the best way to protect yourself from being led away to another gospel is to immerse yourself in what Jesus Christ has done for you. Think often, meditate often on the price that was paid for you and for me. Think about what the gospel means for your life. Think about the, just the, the truths that your sins are forgiven, that God has called you to a greater purpose than just living for yourself, and that one day we will spend eternity in heaven with, with, with Jesus and with other saints. Think often about what the good news of the gospel is. Guys, the people that we follow will determine the path that we take. And it is my prayer that this is a place where the gospel and God's word is preached clearly, that God's people cling to it and are established in it, and that they would use the, use the authority of God's word to lead and direct every single avenue and aspect of their lives. So I'm just going to pray, with, pray for you one more time, and I'm going to invite the praise team forward, and we're going to close up our, our service here today by, by singing a song that proclaims that this is who we believe in. We believe in the name of Jesus. Let me pray, pray over you, and then we'll sing one more song. So Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you for this portion of Scripture. And God, it, it is one that, that brings some, some anxiety, knowing that there's people, maybe within our midst even right now, God, who are here. Father, to lead people away from you, to lead people off of the path, God, that you would have for, for us, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see, and that you would give us discernment that we need, God, to, to make the right choice, as we examine the fruit of these people. God, I pray, Lord, that you would protect our hearts. God, I pray, Lord, that before we go to any person or podcast or YouTube channel to, to get fed, that we would first feed ourselves by spending time with you. That we as families, God, would be, surrounded, would, would be surrounded by your word, God. That we would seek your face together. That we'd study it well. And God, Lord, that we just take advantage, God, of the church and the community that we have here. So God, I pray, Lord, that this would be a place where, where your word is treasured and studied, Father. And that, that God, you would, you would protect our local church here. So God, Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for these warnings today. And I pray all these things in, in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Bible Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, you can visit gracebiblepa.com.